Hey guys, this is Felissa Rose, Angela from Sleepaway Camp, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad Podcast. This is episode number 289, where tonight we are going to be talking about 1992's Buffy the Vampire Slayer in honor, in memory of Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, who we lost just the other day. May he rest in peace. So we are going to be covering the movie tonight in his memory. We are toddless tonight as well, unfortunately, so Todd, get better. He's a little under the weather right now, but I'm here always with Steve. Steve, what's up, man? What's up? Yeah, so that's why we're not doing Fire in the Sky. Uh, Todd is out, and that was his pick, so we didn't want to do it without him. I did watch it, and I'm looking forward to talking about it next week. So Todd, hopefully you get better. Stop picking at your belly button. Now you know what happens. So, um, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm uh, feeling a little bit better finally. It only took three fucking weeks of getting sick. And I did watch a lot of movies because of that, So, which is good because I was falling behind a little bit in some stuff I wanted to watch. And speaking of movies, thank you, everyone, for listening to our last episode, our top of the 1970s. We had a lot of fun recording it, and we got some good feedback on it. And as uh, we had previously discussed the last month, month and a half, Everyone who submitted a list has been entered into a contest, which will win a small stack of prints, autographs, stuff like that, that I'm going to send. And I'm going to pull that right now on the air. I have this little black bag with all the entries. And yeah, so good luck to everybody. And thank you again for sending in your lists. I know they're getting more and more difficult as we go lower into the decades, but we had some great lists and some, it was awesome. And a lot of them are a record the year so that was great as well so i will pull a name and the winner of the contest is Calum. so uh Calum, congratulations uh thank you again for the list and i'm going to contact you and just get your details and send you some awesome stuff so thank you everyone for entering and yeah you ready to spill the tea joe yeah let's do it Oh, you want the tea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't serve tea. Nope. Instead, you get a cup of Joe. And now here's Joe with the news. Alrighty. Thank you, Chuck. And here we go. This is this week's Cup of Joe. Let's start off with a couple of trailers. So the Exorcist trailer dropped finally, the highly anticipated trailer. And we are going to be getting the Exorcist Believer October 13th. 2023 the movie will star leslie odom jr steve and i both watched the trailer so steve i want to hear you and i are obviously the two biggest exorcist fans on the show sorry todd but uh <laughs> what'd you think of this trailer so we talked about in the past david gordon green is uh, the one making this movie and let's just say our faith in him is at an all-time low uh, we had also heard that in the preview screenings, word was not great. But I will say that if we're going strictly dickly on the trailer, uh, I kind of enjoyed it. It's it's a it was a pretty good trailer. You know, it played the classic Exorcist music. It showed some pretty scary scenes. We got to see Ellen Bernstein, you know, for the the first time returning as her character, 
and I'm, you know, moderately excited about it. It is unfortunate that I won't be able to see it before going into the Halloween Horror Nights house based on this property, uh, which is still cool, and I look forward to it, but I wish I'd seen the film first. But still, I think I'm a little bit more excited than I was before the trailer. So what do you think? You had Exorcist at number one in the 70s, so... I did. (laughs) I did. And, you know, overall, I think it looks pretty solid. Hearing Tubular Bells again definitely... You know, gave me a little bit of goosebumps. Seeing uh, Ellen Burstyn's character coming back as well was really, really cool to see. I'm glad that they didn't. Reagan is supposed to be. Uh, Linda Blair is su- supposedly coming back some way, somehow. I'm glad they're kind of keeping that maybe under wraps. I hope they don't show her in any of the trailers. I hope they kind of keep that a secret for that reveal. But I like the plot details. I like that, you know, Ellen Burstyn kind of is like an author and you know like he kind of seeks her out for that reason i guess the biggest glaring thing missing is an exorcist um you know the movie, it doesn't seem like there's an there's going to be an exorcist it seems like it's sort of going to be like sort of a joint effort here which i don't know if i love that i do think it's cool they're doing you know two children instead of one in this one kind of mix it up a little bit so yeah i mean i'm still you know going in with semi-low expectations just based on what david gordon green did with halloween but we shall see and of course this is going to be a trilogy and with that they have already announced the plans for the second movie the exorcist deceiver will be the title of the second movie in this trilogy and that will be coming to theaters on april 18th 2000 and 25 so about a year and a half after believer comes out so we shall see believer deceiver what is the third one going to be called steve any ideas oh believer it's going to be just believer the believers okay love that (laughs) Um, i I do think that we're probably going to see an exorcist like right at the end because it is a established trilogy like before it even starts i feel that they're like making their way to an exorcist and you know i was just thinking i don't know why this popped up in my head just now but i hope jason patrick is the exorcist you know of course he is the son of you know father karis in real life so i think that would be really cool if somehow they can bring it back in that way but i don't know i i, I doubt that's actually gonna happen but uh yeah i i'm yeah I'm more psyched I'm, I'm happy that i saw the trailer i hope i really hope they don't spoil more though like you said i have a feeling they will though like early october we're gonna start seeing fucking everything i hate it when they do that absolutely i didn't even know jason patrick was the son of Yes, um, from <laughs> Lost from Lost Boys, right? Yeah, that's right. Wow, that's awesome. I'm going to see him actually this weekend coming up. Nice. I'm going. By the way, I'm going to Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, New Jersey this weekend. If anyone from the podcast, uh, any of our listeners, is going to be there, please send me uh, a direct message. I'm going solo, so would love to meet up with anyone. You know, grab a drink or just hang out or whatever. But I'm super excited for that big Lost Boys reunion. Kiefer Sutherland, Jason Patrick couple of the other vampires you're gonna have the grady twins from the shining are gonna be there so it's a really good uh list so come to monster mania check it out all right next bit of news here another trailer just dropped saw x we are finally getting the newest saw movie no more chris rock involved saw movies this one is a return to glory with tobin bell himself uh, John Kramer, aka Jigsaw, and also 
Amanda, aka Shawnee Smith, both returning from for this one. This one will be coming out before The Exorcist on September 29th, 2023. Steve, this will also, ladies and gentlemen, be the longest Saw movie in the franchise. Take that with what you will, but at, it'll be clocking in at one hour and 48 minutes. All right, so Steve, you watched the trailer. What are your thoughts? So... I actually got the opposite reaction from The Exorcist. I am super looking forward to Saw 10 or Saw X, but the trailer didn't really do it for me. Uh, I felt it was a little generic. It was too long. It's like three minutes long, which I think for a trailer is way too long. And it didn't get me more psyched for this movie at all. It just, I don't know, there's something that was missing in it that I can't quite put my finger on. But I'm still excited about it because it's still John Kramer. We're going to see Amanda. We're going to, it's still Saw. And I love the Saw franchise, but trailer itself, eh, you know, it was, it was fine. Not, nothing great. Yeah, I agree. It, it didn't like uh, blow me away or anything. I'm hoping they're just holding stuff back, you know, and letting the good stuff kind of roll out with the movie, which is how it should be. You know what I mean? But you know, the plot sounds interesting enough. So this one, of course, is going to be set between the events of Saw 1 and 2. A sick and desperate John Kramer travels to Mexico for a ris- risky and experimental medical procedure in hopes of a miracle cure for his cancer, only to discover the entire operation is a scam to defraud the most vulnerable. So, and which kind of sets him into motion, I guess, uh, for even more hijinks and craziness. So I think... Hopefully they're holding back. Hopefully we get, I mean, the poster honestly was the best part that came out of this. I don't know if you, uh, I think you saw the poster. I think you might have shared it actually in our discord. I, that is the cool, that thing looks fucking gnarly, whatever kind of trap that's going to be, but they have already started. Here's another bit of news. uh, Sorry, X news. They have started a bit of a campaign. So if you would like to play a game with jigsaw, call this number 310-564-8144. Four. I called it. I can let you know it's a legit number. Don't be scared. You'll hear John Kramer's voice, and then he will ask you to text that number if you would like to play the game further. So a fun little sort of thing to get set you in the mood for Saw X. Once again, Saw X will be hitting theaters September 29th, 2023. All right, Steve. Barbie, right? All the rage right now? It is. Well... What if I told you game boards and other type of Mattel properties are going to be all the rage with movies? And, of course, we are going to be getting a horror version of a very popular children's toy. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Shake it and die. An upcoming Magic 8-Ball horror movie has been announced from Mattel. Not a lot of sort of details about this but they are planning it to be a pg-13 style thriller so yeah i mean what do you think steve i mean obviously this is going to be a trend we got cocaine bear we got cocaine shark we got uh and now we are going to be entering the world of toys whether it be horror movies or comedies yeah it's actually not the one i was think i thought you would say there's another one that I don't know if you have it in your news that is also leaning towards horror, which really surprised me. And that is Barney, <laughs> the dinosaur, which is Daniel Kalua starring Barney. And apparently they're going dark with it, which is really surprising given what that show is like. Now, Barney, 
I'm too old for Barney. You know, he was a, he was around when I was a teenager, so I didn't really care for that show at all. But I'm very curious about that. Uh, Eight Ball, that's going to be a fucking just generic ass movie. <laughs> if you ask me, uh, like we've seen, you know, many of. Wouldn't be surprised if Blumhouse was doing it. You know, it's just that type of uh, movie. But I'm sure we're going to see a ton of this. In fact, I'm sure we got Barbie Shark coming out anytime now. I'm just waiting for it. Mark Polona, he's on it, I'm sure. Yeah, totally agree. This is going to be complete dog shit, I'm sure. Um, Just, you know, absolute capitalist move by the studios. But, you know, people will probably still go and see it. So I don't think it's going to be a movie for us either. It's definitely going to be going for that tween horror type audience but maybe something we'll end up checking out we'll see all right you heard steve talk about it a few minutes ago but let's do it halloween horror nights announced their full lineup finally for this year i know a lot of you are planning on going especially steve unfortunately i'm taking the year off i'm disappointed because pretty solid lineup this year most notably of course uh being the exorcist believer is going to be getting their own house which i find interesting um are you a little concerned steve you might get some spoilers in this house since you'll be going before the releases it's not really story spoilers it's more like location spoilers and i don't think there's a location that's going to be like oh my god that ruined the movie you know like uh unless we see linda blair like walking around or whatever you know it's i think it'll be fine it's it's different you know it doesn't really spoil stuff i would say mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that one that one sounds like it could be uh, pretty cool. I wish they were doing an original Exorcist, but I know they've done it before. And it was one of my favorite houses ever. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Like you, you start, and uh, there's a scene where you're you're. It's just like laundry on the sides, and it's like stained clothes, and like and it smells like pea soup as you're walking towards going into Reagan's room. It was it was an awesome fucking house. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, Steve will be giving us a break breakdown, I'm sure, on all these houses after he comes back. But the next house announced is the first one they had announced, but we get a little more details on it. Chucky's Ultimate Kill Count. This is going to be, be based on the USA TV series of Chucky. So this will be the first time Chucky has had his own house. I know he did a Scare Zone before, if I'm not mistaken. So that one should be a lot of fun. Yeah. What are your uh, idea? Do you think they'll have like uh, puppetry Chucky's going around? I think they'll have like full size people, small I, people. I, around? I think it's going to be a mix of both. Mm-hmm. I think we're, there's going to be like just yeah puppets in the back. There's going to be a few there like animatronic. Like they don't won't do much, but yeah, animatronic with a voiceover. A few of them are going to be you know little people running around as Chucky. It's I'm really excited about this one. Just his scare zone was a ton of fun. It was basically just him in his uh, box, like talking shit to people walking around. It was like hilarious. It's, it's uh, yeah, I think that'll be pretty fun. It's, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. We are also going to be getting, of course, the Stranger Things house as well. We discussed that a little bit earlier. That one should be pretty cool. That one is going to be titled Vecna's Curse based on the latest season. Also, now this one sounds pretty cool and interesting. The uh, Universal Monsters House, which will be called Universal Monsters Unmasked. This one, you will be in the streets of Paris, actually, in the catacombs, actually. So underneath the streets of Paris in the catacombs. And you will be dealing with some of the most notorious creatures, the Phantom of the Opera, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, Dr. Jekyll, 
and Mr. Hyde and also the Invisible Man. So uh, that one actually sounds better. It sounds better than last year's, honestly. It, so. it does. I was just going <laughs> to say, like, last year's was really boring. It was The Mummy. And I think this year is going to be a lot more fun. It actually reminds me a little bit of the first. So they've been doing Universal Monsters for a few years now. The very first one was all the Universal Monsters. Like, they each had one room. And it was cool to see kind of the lesser known Universal Monsters, you know. And so I'm pretty psyched about this one. I think it could be a lot of fun. Definitely. And then the last of the IP houses, of course, is one we had originally reported on, and that will be The Last of Us based on the video game, not the television series. So we will see how that one goes. And then they also announced their five original haunted houses. I'll go over these ones really quick. You will have Dr. Oddfellow, Twisted Origins, Dueling Dragons, Choose Thy Fate, Yeti Campground Kills, which that one sounds potentially like the most fun to me. Also, The Darkest Deal. And then this one piqued my interest as well, Blood Moon Dark Offerings. So that will be your five original houses. Any pop out to you in general, Steve? Uh, the Yeti one is going to be fun. I always like winter houses. That They're always like, first, it's 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 a air-conditioned break because they make the house super cool, which is awesome. And Dr. Oddfellow is actually the, I think he's the host of Halloween Horror Nights this year because the five scare zones are all Dr. Oddfellow-themed houses. So I think it could be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this year. It seems to be one of the more solid lineups that they've had so i think it's going to be great and i can't wait to talk about it i'm going the for uh, the second weekend of september so i'll probably report it uh mid-september also they announced the tribute store theme this year which actually sounds amazing um it is going to be a, uh, you step into a mysterious new york city comic book shop and experience the tribute to terror by stepping into the pages of this original and terrifying horror comic book like last year i feel like there really wasn't a theme per se uh, it was just the, like a mishmash of the different yeah like of sort of a, yeah mm -hmm. so that one sounds really cool uh the dead coconut club will also be returning and new this year peacock's halloween horror bar will feature themed drinks and has a nightclub vibe to it so i don't know where that's going to be i don't know if that's going to be in the actual halloween heart like inside actual universal studios park or whatever but steve will give us the full breakdown unfortunately i won't be there but steve will be there in just a month or so a month, a month, yeah, month and a half yeah, yeah a month it's uh and don't sleep on the dead coconut club it's actually on it's the awesome. city walk uh, yeah. Joe and I started a really epic night there last year. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time. I recommend the pumpkin beer. We drank a fuckload of it. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. It was, it was actually a really good time. Steam to the Universal Monsters. And they have like musical numbers of people who are like, you know, also dressed up and it's cool. At least go in there, have one drink and check it out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely recommend that one. All right. And then my last bit of horror news tonight is surprise, ladies and gentlemen, Insidious the Red Door is available at home already. Kind of a surprise drop. Congratulations, once again, obviously, to Insidious the Red Door, the highest grossing movie of the franchise. Pretty impressive for the fifth movie of the franchise. So congratulations to Insidious, the, the highest ranking of the entire franchise money-wise. So you know there's going to be more coming. But you can get pick up the Insidious the Red Door now. You can purchase it for $24.99. Or rent it for $19.99. I would suggest just purchasing it for the extra $5. But yeah, so there you go. You can check it out now available already at home just a couple weeks after a theater release. So that seems to be the way these studios are doing it these days. So 
good, bad. I don't know. Kind of cool. Yeah, it's great for like us. You know, people who don't want to go to the theaters can watch it early. So that's that's awesome. And I mean, check out our review after, which we did like maybe three, four episodes ago. Yeah, it was, it was not too long one. ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be it, ladies and gentlemen, for your cup of Joe. Hard news, your cup of Joe for the week. Thank you. All right. Moving from one cup of Joe to the other, here's an ad from Deadly Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Alrighty, Steven, what have you been watching this week? Uh, a lot. I wasn't feeling well, so I got uh, time to watch some movies. So because we had the 1970s list going for a while there, I, uh, I've i been focusing on the 70s for a few months, and I'm finally back on my 2023 train, trying to hit my annual goal of 100 2023 horror films. So I watched three this week, actually. First one, I watched over on VOD. It is Nefarious. So this is a movie that stars um, Sean P- Patrick Flannery and Jordan Belfi. It's about a... So Jordan Belfi is a psychiatrist or psychologist. I always forget which of the two uh, it is, but he, he's like, you know, a shrink essentially. And he's sent to death row to interview a prisoner who is about to be executed that night, who's played by Sean P- Patrick Flannery. Don't know why I can't say that. And uh, he's basically making sure that he is like competent enough to be executed and he does have some kind of you know mental illness that then he maybe not did, did didn't do the crimes, you know, with his full head and stuff like that. So he's just basically making sure that uh, there wasn't a mistake by the government and by the courts and that he is, you know, somebody who should be executed because he did bad things and not bad things because he's mentally ill. This movie basically takes place in mostly one room uh, where these two are, you know, chatting and he's trying to figure out whether one's mentally ill. The other one is supposed to, in a way, try to convince him that he doesn't want to be executed. But as this conversation is going on, he starts to notice that there's dual personalities going on. Uh, He says that he's possessed by a demon and it becomes kind of a battle of wills where you know, one's trying to make a determination. The other one may or may not be trying to convince to either kill him or not kill him. And it's a really interesting, uh, like, battle of the minds. It's, it's it's only, like, 90 minutes. They do move in and out once in a while. Like, it's not just them in the same room. He does exit the room once in a while. They bring in other people to, you know, determine some certain things. But I I thought it was great. Now, I don't think this is everyone's cup of tea because there's not a whole lot that actually goes on uh, physically. It's a lot of psychological conversations. But I think that Sean Patrick Flannery, uh, he he just kills it in this role. In fact, I would say that right now, he is my favorite performance of 2023. The way that he plays this really like conflicted 
person and is it a demon is he playing the guy what's his ultimate goal it's all like really really intelligent and and awesome like i i highly recommend it but i understand if it's not your cup of tea because you know it's not like a super gory movie there are no ghosts there are no zombies you know it's really just mostly two people having a conversation and you trying to determine what's going on so that's nefarious which i gave three and a half stars out of five very cool. I've been wanting to check that one out. I, I remember that I saw the trailer when it first released uh, in theaters and it, it looked really interesting. So that's good to hear. Is it? Did you say it's going to make your top 10 or close? Uh, so it, 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 it was my number nine when I watched it. But okay. the two next movies I'm going to talk about no. knocked it out. So <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, why, why don't you do your next one? Then I'll, sure. I'll, I only got one this week. So Okay, perfect. So my next one is a movie I watched over on Shudder still 2023, of course, and that is Unwelcome. So this is the story of a couple. Uh, they've been struggling trying to have uh, to get pregnant. And finally, it happens. You know, the, the pregnancy test says that the woman is pregnant. So the guy says, okay, I'm going to go get uh, Prosecco to celebrate because he can't have champagne, of course, because she's pregnant. And he goes across the street to get Prosecco. And there's these three thugs that are just looking for trouble essentially and they don't like the interaction that they had with this guy so they actually follow him back to his apartment and attack them and it really scares them it you know she might have lost a baby but we're not sure so they're kind of struggling with that attack but eventually uh they 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 hear the cops so they leave before killing you know anyone in the couple the story takes place a few months later and the guy's aunt passed away and she left her house to him in Ireland so they decide to move there so they go to this Irish town she's still pregnant and people are very welcoming they're enjoying the town and everything but the caretaker of the house says you need to leave food out at this specific spot every single day it's very important because there's something called red caps which are essentially like leprechauns that need to eat and if they don't there's going to be trouble so at first they kind of dismiss it like, okay, it's just some stupid full core and we don't really need to do this. But it's uh, soon obvious that it is very important that they need to do this and they start understanding the gravity of how important it is to feed these so-called red caps. Meanwhile, they're also trying to get renovation done at their house and the family that's doing the renovations, they're they're special. Let's just say that they're they're like rude and they're a little crazy and they have a mentally challenged son who's actually played by the actor who played Hodor in uh, Game of Thrones like this really big dude and they're starting to have trouble with them and meanwhile they're also dealing with the mystery of these red caps and all of a sudden things just fucking pop off and I won't go further than that because I love folklore horror I think it's a lot of fun it is a slow burn like it takes a while to get where it's going, but once it does, it is pretty fucking wild. I really liked it. I think Joe, I think you would like it. It it seems to be like in your wheelhouse of horror as well. I don't know if it'll necessarily make your top ten. I don't think it'll end up making mine. It's at number ten right now. So unless the next five months are really fucking bad, uh, it, it'll get knocked off. But I do think it's worth watching. So that's unwelcome over on Shutter, I gave it three and a half stars out of five. 
Very cool. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely check that out. It sounds like something I would dig. I don't have any horror movies this week, but I do have one movie I did go and see in theaters, and that is Oppenheimer. One of the, you know, Barbenheimer was, of course, all the rage. Uh, I didn't do the double feature, although I did see a lot of people in shirts that were going to see the double feature. But yeah, Oppenheimer, just kind of right up my alley type movie. And I starred in IMAX. And yeah, I I fucking loved it, man. It's my favorite movie I've watched this year by far. It's just, yeah, I mean, Nolan always kills it. There hasn't been a movie I've seen from him that I've disliked. Yeah, this movie is, you know, it's it's very dialogue heavy. So just know that, I guess, going in. But man, it's, it's a great history lesson. From what I've heard, mainly pretty historically accurate. And man, you know, if, if you don't know what it's about, it's about Robert, uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer, the man who's kind of known as the father of the atomic bomb during uh, happened during World War II. But man, they had some fucking balls, man. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can really say. Just going out into like the desert and creating this thing and not knowing what was going to happen um, when they finally decided to test it and drop that bomb during the uh, Manhattan Project. Uh, or the Trinity test, I should say. The Manhattan po- Project was the full thing, and then the Trinity test was the actual dropping of the bomb. But Killian Murphy, man, if he doesn't at least get nominated for an Oscar, like, I mean, it would be a travesty, and he probably should win, but we'll see. You know, there's still half a year or whatever of movies to come out. So, but right now, I mean, he seems to be absolutely the right. He is in, I don't think there's a scene he's not in. He fucking controls that movie. He's in, you know, 99.9% of it. Just amazing. The cast just in general is just amazing. You know, you, uh, you got, you know, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, Josh Hartnett, Josh Peck. There's just like so many like familiar faces in this movie and they all just do just a, a amazing, amazing jobs. The three hours to me like pretty much flew by. I would say the first hour is probably the slowest of it but it's still really interesting sort of his backstory but it's great i mean there's just so much even at gary gary Oldman's actually in here at one point too i won't spoil what he plays but he's in there and yeah i mean loved it i gave it four and a half out of five my favorite movie of the year so far i mean it's real life horror it's pretty fucking horrific you know to think about and there's a lot of great sort of social commentary on you know even in today's world and the use of atomic weapons and stuff. So really, really dug it. Really interesting. I highly recommend it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I got tickets for Thursday. So the day before this episode releases and uh, heard so much about it. You know, I just, I wasn't feeling well, so I took a while, but I can't wait to see it. But I did end up going to the theater because I forgot I had tickets for this (laughs) and I'm kind of happy I did. And that is another 2023 film. And that is, the Haunted Mansion. Uh, for those who don't know, I am a diehard fan of this property. My living room is completely decorated to the Haunted Mansion. I'll put pictures up in the um, in the Discord and maybe on my Instagram as well so you can see just how crazy about this uh, franchise I am. The, 20, uh, the 2003 film starring Eddie Murphy, not one I loved, to be honest, but it's growing on me a little bit like i've seen it probably five times and i like it a little bit more each time but it's really because there was nothing else i did really love the muppets one though like two years ago uh, on disney plus so for those who have seen that but this movie i'm going to say in my personal opinion is by far the best 
version of the haunted mansion it's not even close and as far as like as a movie on itself to me i really loved it like i really 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 enjoyed this movie but i don't know if someone who isn't familiar with the haunted mansion would like it nearly as much it is chock full of easter eggs and references to the attraction it uh, references all of the haunted mansions across the world so the one at disney world disneyland disneyland paris are all different from each other in certain ways and they kind of pay homage to all of them there's some really interesting cameos as well and it also surprisingly has a lot of heart Uh, there's a story in it that deals with grief and the way they handle it is actually really fucking brilliant and i gotta credit the actors and um you know the writers for that now i can see why some people wouldn't like it it is slow at times when it's like really going it goes hard but there's times where they're just setting up essentially the next scene and that can feel a little bit a little bit long it's a little i think it's a little over two hours and i feel like they could have cut 20 minutes you know it's like one of those situations but yeah i i personally thought it was amazing i think most people would probably sit at like a casper level enjoyment you know it's it's a little bit on the childish side but still a little scary like I don't know if little kids should watch this. You know, I think you should be at least like 10 <laughs> before you, you see something like this. But I really enjoyed it. I gave it four out of five stars. It is currently in my top 10. Could stay there. You know, it's not like one of my three favorites. Uh, I, I thought it was a fun time. And I don't know why the fuck they didn't release this in October. Like they really, really should have. It it makes no sense to me to release in July. They learned nothing from Hocus Pocus <laughs> like 30 years ago. I, I don't get it, man. So hopefully they at least release the movie on Disney Plus by October because I think people should at least check it out. It's a fun Halloween film, you know? So, yeah, that's Haunted Mansion. Yeah. You think they would have learned just from releasing even Hocus Pocus 2 last year in October? Right. Granted, it didn't go to theaters, but, I mean, it fucking killed it on streaming. Mm-hmm. I think this will kill it if they release it in streaming in October on Disney Plus. Yeah, um, I do too. I, th- I think they release it in July because kids aren't in school. So they're like, oh, the parents will take their kids something to do, right? Like more kids, are right. they'll be more willing. Schedules are more opened up right now. But yeah, I agree. Like who wants to go see kind of like a spooky movie in July? I mean, we do as horror right. fans, but most, <laughs> yeah, normal, right. but, but most normal people are like, eh, you know, I'll wait till it comes out and we'll watch it during spooky season. So yeah, I agree though. I I, uh, I don't think I'm going to go see it in theaters, but once it hits uh, VOD, I'll definitely be checking it out. So I look forward to it. All right. I think that's it for what watch, right, Steve? That's it. All right, so let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Our main feature, Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1992, directed by Fran Rubel Kazoo, written by Joss Whedon. There's a name you know. Starring Christy Swanson, Donald Sutherland, David Arquette, Luke Perry, and his beautiful soul patch, Rutger Hauer, Hilary Swank, even... A small appearance by Ben Affleck, which I for completely forgot about. And Seth Green. And, yeah, Seth, that's right. Seth Green as well. <laughs> and, of course, most notably for tonight's episode, Paul Rubens. Once again, rest in peace to him. This review is in his memory. So, Steve, do you want to give us like a little plot synopsis on Buffy? Sure. So, you know, in the past, there was a vampire slayer 
and person who facilitates the Vampire Slayer's training, who for centuries has been battling this main vampire by the name of Lothos. And they just don't seem to be able to kill him. They just essentially regenerate. Every time they die, they regenerate, regenerate, and regenerate, which brings us to the early 1990s, 1992 to be exact. And we have Buffy, who is a cheerleader at a high school, and she's approached by this same trainer by the name of Merrick, who's played by Donald Sutherland. And he's like, you're the chosen one because you you bear the mark, which is actually a mole that she had removed. So she actually doesn't have it, but uh, she bears the mark. And Lothos is about to regain his strength and start attacking people again. So Buffy is being sent essentially to dispatch of the vampires and stop the threat. And hopefully being the one who can stop Lothos once and for all. So that's basically the gist of the story. Uh, so what do you, you think of it? That, so that was, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so we did this for movie night like a year ago. So I did talk about it on What Watch. And if you remember my review, I won't spoil it. But at the time, I'd given it a three out of five. And the reason I'm telling you that is for better or worse, and you're going to find out, my opinion has changed on this Ooh. movie. But right. we'll, we'll, we'll go with you first. Uh, what do you think of the, sure. the vampires? And had you seen it before, like something you'd seen in the past? Yes. Really quickly, I'm going through the cast here. Thomas Jane was in this movie? Oh, that's right. He was in this movie. I don't. I don't recall his his role in it. Was he one of the uh, vampires or something? Uh, I think he's one of the basketball like basketball guys. players or something. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. That that one kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't remember him. All right. Uh, yeah. So I had seen. I have seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer before. I've seen it a lot. Uh, growing up as a kid. It was like, I feel like it was on TV like all the time. And I was kind of like obsessed with it. Like I really loved it as a kid. Um, Also because like it was right in my sister. I have three older sisters too. So like it was like kind of right in their wheelhouse too. So I feel like we all kind of sat down and watched it together a lot. It had been a very long time since I've sat down and watched it. I even read like five or six years ago, met Christy Swanson at a con, horror con just because of the, my memories of this movie. And... You know, as I could see why I loved this movie when I was younger, but like as a 36 year old man watching it now, it doesn't hit, uh, you know, the same beats, but that's to be expected. I mean, it is, it's fine. Like I still enjoyed watching it for like pure nostalgia reasons, but it is not, it was not as good, unfortunately, as I had once remembered, mainly because I don't know. Like, I feel like there's just like a lot of phoning in here, like especially like the choreography and stuff uh, in the action sequences. Like, it feels like they're like we're in slow motion, like a lot of the time. Like, the action is very lackluster. To me, the vampires never felt like a great threat uh, in the movie. And honestly, Rutger Hauer is so like underutilized here as your king vampire. Honestly, I think the standout is paul rubens vampire uh which i think is amelin i think he should have been maybe the the lead vampire because he seems to be sort of the one like the leader most of the movie like how rutger howard just kind of shows up and does his thing but he never seems like all that overpowering or powerful like especially like in the end sequence like he kind of just gets disposed of so easily that i just was like was he really needed and paul rubens just seemed to be sort of the one that was the biggest threat most of the time, albeit like his great comedic performances. I also feel 
I think Christy Swanson is great as Buffy. I will say that. Like, I think she's like like our typical sort of LA girl, but she she does the role. She does what she needs to do in the role for it to to work pretty well. I think Donald Sutherland is probably the best, my favorite character in the movie, um, who plays Merrick. But he, once again, I feel like really underutilized. I feel like they killed him off like way too soon. And after he's gone, I feel like the movie really struggles, you know, to find sort of its footing again. I also wish, I mean, yeah, it's a obviously a comedy with horror elements, but I wish we got a little more sort of stuff with the vampires sort of killing. They're sort of like a, I don't know, like a secondary characters, you know, and a lot of the focus is on Buffy and Luke Perry's character, Pike sort of their love story so yeah i mean like i said as a teenager or young adult i think this is a great sort of intro to sort of more adult uh themed horror movies but watching it now as an adult with the dialogue and everything it's definitely uh past my my age group (laughs) so basically what you're saying is how I felt last year when I rewatched it. I have the ex- pretty much the exact same story as you do. I watched it a ton when I was young. Uh, I had it recorded. I guess I recorded it off TV or something. I remember the VHS tape that I would use. And the reason I watched it a lot is also because my sister watched it a lot. And by default, I watched it a lot because she would always choose that one and I'd choose other stuff, you know? And I remember just loving it, you know, and seeing it multiple, multiple times. Uh, I was never into the TV show, though. I don't know if you were. I never, I don't think I've ever watched a full episode. Never watched it. And I wish one of us did because I know it is beloved. Like it it seems to be beloved by most fans. And it seems to be obviously the one people gravitate towards rather than the movie. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's sitting, I think, at like it. I looked it up the other day after I watched this movie, but I'd sit in at like over an eight on IMDb. So, Pretty well-liked, pretty well-loved. Yeah. So, yeah, so I remember loving it. And when I rewatched it last year for the movie club, I was like, man, this is just not as fun. It's kind of dull. And basically all this, a lot of the same criticisms that you had. But maybe because I watched it last year and was so disappointed, when I watched it this time, so I watched it late last night. And to be honest, I didn't really feel like watching it. Again, I just watched it like last year. I remember not loving it. It was late, and I only had that one night because we were supposed to do Fire in the Sky yesterday, and then we didn't and all that stuff. So I I watched it kind of reluctantly, and man, it just fucking flew by. I had so much fun re-watching it, and maybe it's because I put my guard down, and I just went with it. Yeah, I mean, there's criticisms for sure, and I'm going to get to them as well, but I just, I had fun. Chrissy Swanson is very likable as Buffy. Um, the actress, you know, anyway, I won't talk about the actress, but the uh, the character I thought was uh, was was good. And the vampire, I really fucking love watching. David Arquette, I think, is fun every time he appears, which isn't enough, I think. Uh, they set him up kind of to be a big character, and he only shows up sporadically. I agree that Rudger Hauer and Paul Rubens, there should be more of them. But every time that they were on screen, I loved it. For one reason or another, either it was because I thought they were kind of stealing the show or because I thought Rudger Hauer was being super creepy <laughs> with Buffy, which I'll, I'll get to a little bit later with the the creepiness and the pervert <laughs> in this movie. Uh, one thing I will disagree with you, though, I did not like Don- Donald Sutherland in this role. There's something about his performance that seemed really phoned in to me, and maybe it's because we don't see him all that much, but... His dialogue, his reactions just didn't 
mesh well with me for some reason i like him as an actor i really do he's great and stuff like mash and um what was it uh adventure of the body snatchers and stuff like that but this one it just i don't know i just didn't love his performance but the movie itself i think it's a fun one I mean, I, and I agree with you. I think it is a fun movie. I'm looking uh, at it, I guess, looking at it with a critical eye, you know, as we as we do now, unfortunately, as sort of horror reviewers, I think it definitely has jaded me a little bit. But I, I still think it's a fun movie. Like, I still had fun watching it. It does breeze by. An hour and 23 minutes, I think it is. So under an, under 90 minutes. I mean, that's always, I always get excited. Like, that's already like a <laughs> point fighting for out. me. me too. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's already like a, a, a plot on the plus right. side for me under an hour and a half so it, it is a nice breeze and yeah i mean it's fun like it, it's definitely i think Dave, david arquette is just man i love the scene when he's floating and you know luke perry's like you know hey what are you doing man you're floating in the air you know and like everyone's just so everyone is so nonchalant too which i find hilarious like that there is vampires like it's just like sort of a right. normal thing in that town or whatever which i find to be really funny uh and hilarious it's just yeah i mean i just I wish, I guess, I guess I just wish we got a little more horror, like, uh, with the vampires and stuff like that. You know, mo all of the sort of turnings and kills are off screen. It would have been cool to see a little more of that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think the last scene in the uh, gym should have been an absolute bloodbath. And make it a cartoony bloodbath if you want to kind of keep it for the younger people. Make it the blood, like, super red and just, like, all over the place. But I think it was, I mean, the, the, la the whole last part is probably where my score lowers a little bit because I agree with you, Lothos, you know, they set him up as the big bad who's been defeating Buffy for generations and centuries and he doesn't fucking do anything. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just so disappointing, like how little it takes to kill him. Uh, and I would even say the same thing for um, Ruben's character. It just... Like, he's dispatched too easily, you know? And he's such a fun character to just dispatch him like that. It's like, come on, it's... I mean, he's got a memorable death because he, you know, improvised the fuck out of it, but it's still a bummer, you know, to see him go that way. Yeah, I mean, it would have been cool. Like, I really wish... I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing it must have been budgetary reasons or something, but they... Yeah, they put, like, Rutger Hauer on this, like, to be, oh, he's the king vampire and shit. It would have been awesome if he sort of, like transformed or something you know for the final sequence kind of like you know at least like give him some creepy yeah. fucking like bat makeup or something make him look like really vampiric but he just you know is a dude in sort of a, a dracula cape you know what's uh, the worst thing, part though playing the that? violin <laughs> they had the perfect opportunity when she burns his face off yeah, yeah and then he comes out with not even a fucking blemish like that right. was the opportunity to make him creepy for the final fight and they didn't do anything with it. It was like, why even bother to show that scene, you know? Right. And also, are these the most, would you say these are the most unenthusiastic cheerleaders you've ever fucking seen? Because like, they're all, <laughs> it's like, they're like, it's, they're all of their cheers. Like they just seem like so fucking, uh, like uninterested and bored during them into like i don't know why that just really like came like when i was watching it i was like wow these cheerleaders just don't give a fuck but yeah i yeah i just yeah it's i feel like there's just a lot of like missed opportunities here but i mean that's also us looking at it with a uh horror glasses on you know what i mean rather than the comedy i think you know some of the comedy did hit pretty well obviously some of it does come off pretty cringy and stuff but you know there were some pretty good scenes obviously paul rubin's death 
like one i think one of the most memorable deaths in in movie in well, like any movie really <laughs> so actually he doesn't die in the movie oh um, is that yeah. is that a thing it is because we see his character that's right. what we do in, in the shadows in what we do in the shadows that's, which that, happens right. after this movie so <laughs> presumably he survives this and he is All also right. in the after credit scene so oh you know i didn't even know there was an after credit yeah. scene i didn't stick around for it yeah there is it goes back to him and he, he like still gets dying up again and he's still dying <laughs> so funny. yeah presumably he he survives and i think the reason he survives and this is another criticism i have with this movie um, so it is very well established at the beginning of this movie that you need to stake the vampires through the heart. Mm-hmm. Buffy fucking must miss the heart in every goddamn kill she does in this movie. It's like in the stomach. It's in the other side of the chest. It's in the middle of the chest. It's like practically their shoulder. Like, what the fuck? I, they spent all this time establishing it has to be specifically in the heart. And it's not even in the heart. Such a weird a weird thing mm-hmm. and she also uses like fucking like paint sticks or rulers or something <laughs> right like, super flimsy pieces of wood to kill some of these vampires it, i don't know they just felt so weak and they shouldn't mm-hmm. have they should have felt stronger yeah i so uh, looking into this movie a little more is pretty interesting so joss whedon actually hated this movie he, he was did. so he was so frustrated by his vision completely being like redone that he actually walked off the set uh, and never came back. That according to IMDb, his original script actually was a lot darker, but of course it was heavily rewritten to make it sort of a lighter version. But in the original script, Buffy burned down the school gym in which the dance is being held in an effort to destroy the vampires, which I guess was and could have killed like everybody, uh, you know, innocent and not innocent. But yeah, and that, they, obviously they reread it and whatnot, and it was just kind of a mess. Also, apparently Donald Sutherland, uh, Joss Whedon, went on to say that he was extremely difficult to work with on this filming, which may be why Steve says his performance is a little different here. But apparently he was uh, re-changing the lines up and improvising and stuff like that. So this did seem sort of like a troubled sort of movie set so perhaps Um, that's why some of the problems where some of the problems lie with this movie yeah it's funny because we we talked about the running time being really short you know it's weird because on one hand i feel like they rush some things way too like way too quickly Uh, for example you know merrick meets buffy really early on in the film takes basically one quick conversation to convince her she's the chosen one and then immediately goes into a training (laughs) montage so it's like there's no breathing room, you know, there's no her like taking it in. She just kind of accepts the fact that she's this historical vampire hunter without really putting up a fight at all. But at the same time, they spend time on things that actually are not required for the story at all. They have this whole subplot about this fucking yellow jacket that uh, Christy Swanson, so Buffy wanted at the beginning. And then uh, her friend ends up buying like in the scene after and then it keeps coming back throughout the film. Like people talk about, oh, I lent a jacket to someone else. And then later it's, oh, I haven't received the jacket back. Like who gives a fuck about this jacket? <laughs> this is what you're spending your time on. Or is all these other story threads that just aren't developed at all. Uh, mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like they should have just focused on some things and kind of dropped some other stuff. But can we talk about how creepy Merrick and uh, Lothos are in some of these scenes? Like yeah. he up goes in the girl's the fucking underage girl's bathroom and is creeping in there. And she even calls about on it. It's like, people get nude in here, you fucking creeper. You know, like, damn. So I, 
I didn't find Merrick all that creepy personally. Like, I just feel like he was just really trying to get Buffy to on his side. Lothos, and though, is very fucking creepy, obviously. Like, it was, like, very... I mean, obviously, she's supposed to be, what, a senior in high school or whatever? So we're talking about yeah. an underage girl here. And, yeah, it was definitely, like, a sort of... Uh, really sort of almost like a pedophilic uh, feel to him. A very, uh, a very Twilight feel, I would say. Yeah, like, it was very weird, especially, like, the bed scene where, you know, oh, she God, lays in the so bed creepy. and he's, like, God. rubbing her head. That is... I, that scene is like was burned in my brain. That is the one scene that like burned Me in my too. brain from when I was a child. And I always thought it was like so fucking scary and creepy at the time. And even watching it now, I'm like, the scene is pretty uncomfortable, you know, but in a different way nowadays with like a grown man sort of sexualized, like when, when you're watching it this time. So, which, I, you know, like we're supposed to believe though, Buffy is sort of just keeps coming back right like she's right yeah she she gets so, regenerated right every... so yeah so like i guess like if you think of it that way it's not as creepy but it still is because she's still like a girl in high school now so yeah definitely fucking creep uh lothos uh rucker Harris character creepy merrick I, I didn't think he was that i felt like he was more of the the fatherly figure if your father's creeping in the girl's bathroom <laughs> like, well, you know <laughs> That one scene, I suppose, but he did yeah. stop her before she started undressing. So he did. Yeah, he didn't have to, I guess. He could yeah. have just creeped, creeped in the corner. Um, right. Um, yeah, so I looked it up. Thomas Jane is the mechanic that Luke Perry oh, like, okay. warns, like, get out yes. of here, you know, while he still can. Right. Um, also, Ricky Lake makes an appearance in this. She's the one really? who cuts. Uh, no, she's not the one. She's the one who serves the hot dog to. Um, oh, that. Oh, to, wow. To, to David yeah, Arquette's yeah, character. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he turns it into a penis, and Buffy cuts yeah. it in half. It's <laughs> crazy, like how many big fucking names are yeah. in this movie. One scene I do want to point out because you talked about like that Lotho scene being the one that burned into your brain. Uh, yeah. I also really like had that scene burned in my brain, but there's another one that I always enjoyed as a kid, and I still enjoy to this day. And it's probably because of my love for zombies. Uh, the cemetery scene I think is awesome and really creepy. The the vampires are almost like zombie-like in this. Uh, you know, not only do they come out of the grave, but the way that they shuffle around, they move, the way their makeup is. I always liked their kind of zombie vibe. And I, I always thought that was cool. And they're also trying to eat people, you know, which is very similar to zombies. So I, I, I always dug that about this movie. Hundred percent. I actually, it's funny you mentioned that because, like, the whole time watching it last night, I was like, these seem more like zombies uh, than vampires. So I, I enjoy it too. One big actor we actually haven't mentioned yet is Stephen Root, aka Milton from Office Space, who yes. is sort of the nerdy the uh, principal like character <laughs> in this movie. Uh, it was fun to see him. Uh, I like he like he was... straight up knocks out that girl. <laughs> like, yeah, he uh, does. Like, what Swank's the fuck character. is that? Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason yeah. for that. He just. Knocks... <laughs> fucking puts her head into the wall and knocks her out. Yes. I'm like, damn, dude, the guy got no chill. And then he gives all the dead vampires detention, detention slips yeah. uh, at, the, at the very end. So, yeah, I mean, it's a goofy movie, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a pretty fun time overall. Uh, anything else, Steve, before yeah. uh, we jump into our rating? Yeah, there's one thing that also irks me about this movie, kind of leading up to the final scene with Lothos. What's the deal with him having all these opportunities to kill Buffy? And just not doing it. Oh, she's in ready. I'm going to leave. There's this great scene where the setting is like parade floats. 
in the background and it's Luke Perry and, and Buffy and Christy Swanson and they're walking into the scene and Lothos makes this like grand entrance on one of these floats and you have you know uh, Paul Rubin's character there as well and this is where he kills uh, Merrick which I agree with you was a way too quickly and b way too easily it was just a kind of a dumb death and the fact that he says he's going to regenerate anyway kind of it takes all the weight out of that scene and so it's it's kind of weird but he's just like she's not ready and then lothos goes right up to buffy has every opportunity in the world to dispatch her or do whatever the fuck he wants and he's like all right let's go she's not ready like what the fuck is that that's so weird it's just but she's ready the next day like what happened in that fucking day that made yeah. her ready like it's it's just it's awful. lazy yeah. writing honestly so, lazy yeah, writing. super lazy that's- that's exactly what that is. Yeah, like, because, like, Buffy, like, I don't know. Like, I, I never feel like she gets, like, ultra, like, badass. Because just because, like I said, the choreography just feels like slow fucking motion, like, scenes. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I just think the ending was just very lackluster. And I just wish we got, like, a really epic battle between Buffy and Lothos. I think that would have corrected some of the sort of mistakes, I think. I was feeling in this movie and then just sort of having that like lackluster sort of end sequence. And then her and Luke Perry kind of driving off in the motorcycle to end the movie. Just kind of like, Oh, okay. Like that's all we're going to get, I guess. So, but yeah, I, I don't know if this movie did well. I don't think it did. Uh, I don't think so. No, yeah. <laughs> I think uh... it pretty much bombed. It, it kind of has like, it's cult classic sort of fan base, but I, I don't think a lot think of a lot people of don't movies. even know it exists. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't think like outside the horror realm, I don't think a lot of people have even seen this movie. Um, I think most people know the television show. I think right. when you people find out there was a movie, they they're kind of a little surprised. But yeah, all right, you ready to rate it, Steve? Yeah, I am. All right, I'll start us off. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, my, so when I checked my letterbox after watching this movie, I had it at a three and a half out of five. Um, I'm going to drop it. I'm going to drop it down to a three out of five after the rewatch, which isn't bad. I still think it's a fun time. I still think it's a great movie to watch with your kids. If you're trying to get them sort of into a little more going from sort of kitty hocus pocus type horror. I think this is like a pretty solid step up, if you will, to the next round. Also, I noticed the character from my boyfriend's back in this movie, which I think is another great, like, sort of kid move up the ranks, young adult horror. That's one actually I would love to review. Me too. Um, I haven't seen it in so long. So I think that's one maybe. Yeah, I think that'd be a perfect one to review at some point to see if it if it holds up from my memory. But yeah, so I I give it a three out of five. It's a good, it's a it's a fun time, you know. And Christy Swanson I think does a, a really solid job as Buffy. So yeah. Yeah, and I'm doing the opposite that you did. Uh, so last time I dropped it down to three because I didn't super enjoy it. But this time I had more fun with it, you know, now that I let my guard down. And yes, it has a lot of problems. And there are some things I don't like about it, but I still enjoy it. Like I'd watch it again tonight, you know, uh, even though there are these issues because it is a fun movie to watch. And uh, I appreciate it a little bit more than I guess I did last year. It always depends on your mood too. And eh? like, that's what happens with a lot of these movies so i'm going back to a three and a half out of five i think it's a it's a fun watch you know it's just don't think too much because there's definitely a lot a lot of issues with this one yeah no definitely all righty well i think ladies and gentlemen that is going to wrap it up for this episode once again rest in peace paul rubens aka p 
Pee Wee Herman. He was quite a a man, definitely an icon of our generation. I mean, everyone knows Pee Wee. And uh, yeah, I mean, he fought a private battle with cancer, um, for those of you who don't know. So yeah, sad story there, but he leaves quite the legacy. So yeah, rest in peace once again, Paul Rubens. Yeah, so that's going to wrap it up uh, for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to keep up with the podcast, of course, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, oh, sorry, X, should I say now? Facebook X, Instagram, uh, and threads. Yeah, everything's changing, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, threads. You can keep up with us. Search the Horror Squad podcast. Of course, the absolute best way is the, our Discord. All you got to do is send us a DM through any of our socials, and we will get you a link to that Discord. Great community over there. Tons of channels to explore and talk on. So go and join us on our Discord completely free. You can also email us anytime, Podcast at gmail.com. And if, if you would like to show a little support, you can buy some merch, tpublic.com. Just search the Horror Squad Podcast and you will find our merch on there. I think we are discussing a possible new design coming up very soon. So keep an eye on that. Also, save the dates, October 20th through the 22nd, we are planning an event in Salem, Massachusetts. I wish we could have given you a bigger update, but unfortunately, due to the actor strike going on right now, things are progressing slowly, but it does seem like things are definitely going to happen. I can give you, I guess, a little teaser right now as far as plans. Unfortunately, due to the strike, we planned on doing a screening for a movie with the cast, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen, unfortunately. So as of right now, it seems like currently in the plans is a Friday night party, a signing on Saturday, and a possible brunch for Sunday. Don't hold me to this, but that is sort of a teaser I can give you for now. That is currently in the plans. So save those dates, October 20th through the 22nd in Salem, Mass. Do not wait if you are even thinking about coming. Just book your hotel because hotels are already you know, in Salem, they're completely booked out and surrounding towns. It's going to get even harder the closer it gets. So if you can just book, obviously they give you the option to cancel just a few days before. So I would highly recommend booking your hotel now. As far as next week, we are currently planning to do fire in the sky as long as Todd is back. And if not, Steve and I discussed possibly reviewing talk to me. So it is going to be one or the other, depending on Todd's situation. So <laughs> that is going to be it once again, ladies and gentlemen, for this week. We'll see you guys next week for one of those two movies. And yeah, if you listen to this on Friday, come. If you're in the area, Monster Mania, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, I'll be there. Come see me. I'll have stickers and stuff. So come say hi, and I'll give you some free swag. All right, see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.